wonderfully. A lot of times he gives people a passion to write a book after there's a story. And and so we have with us Hal and Melanie Young, names I can pronounce. <laughs> nice to join you, Robbie. And so if, if, if you guys could tell me in a nutshell, and I don't care which one, kind of how, what, what – what started all this? You guys wrote three books. You, 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 this last book, No Longer Little, from what I understand, it, it won what award? Can you? It won the Old Schoolhouse Magazine Best Parenting Resource of the Year. There you go. Best Parenting Resource of the Year, No Longer Little. So there's huge stuff. But well, how did it all start? What had got what had got it? You know, what, got, what got it first? Are we there? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> well, what God did first was he gave us six boys in a row. And... <laughs> uh, back some back some years ago when we were uh, and then he gave you prayer and <laughs> lots of it. There. and uh, so back some years ago a uh, local homeschool group started asking us uh, could you come give us some insights in, in being a you know how do you teach all these boys at home I'm going crazy with one how do you manage four at the time and we started talking about that and people started asking us can you recommend a resource and that led to us writing Raising Real Men well, Raising Real Men launched us in the ministry. We've been speaking and writing for 10 years now. But what we noticed is that probably 80 or more percent of the questions that we got started with, I have this 11-year-old. And they'd say, I don't know what to do. They've changed. And sometimes it was a 9-year-old or 13-year-old, but it was all in those tween, preteen years seemed to be providing the vast majority of the parental ox going on. And we realized that there were there wasn't really anything to address that out there. There's very few people talking about the preteens. I think because, well, what we've seen talking to thousands of parents over the years is that if you can get out of the preteen years with your relationship intact, the teen years tend to get better and better. But for an awful lot of families, an awful lot of parents find that they have strained or broken the relationship with their with their younger kids when they're in those middle school years, when they're frankly a little bit crazy in the head and they're hard to deal with. And if you don't understand what's going on and how much how much you can hold those kids responsible and how much you have to just give them grace, if you can't balance that out, it's very easy to strain or, or damage the relationship. And then, and then if you don't have that trust and respect in place, the teen years become a really rocky time. So Second Corinthians chapter 1 says God comforts us with the comfort that we might comfort others with the comfort that he comforted us with. That's right. So I'm guessing that all your six boys weren't like the perfect picture of what there was there a little bit along the way that that gave you opportunities into insight. Well, I'll tell you the preteen years are difficult. They were difficult with all of ours. When our oldest hit that age, I thought what in the world? Is it me? Is it him? Is it aliens? What has happened to this kid? I started looking for help. There was no help. It's like they climb on an emotional roller coaster and then invite you to join them. And you, know, you just can't get a ticket for that ride. If you get on that emotional roller coaster with them, it's disaster. And we had to learn that our parenting had to change. That the way that we interacted with our so kids... You, you kind of, I'm guessing God was involved in this. Oh, yeah. All along. So can you kind of take me back to where, I don't know what I'm doing, God, you know, to that insight, that picture that 
I I think really for us it was it was a very slow awakening because when our oldest hit this time frame, it's it's a big period of transition. And when he hit it, we were so unprepared for what we saw. You know, he was a very precocious student, and suddenly it's like his brain went soft. You know, it's suddenly math was something that he just did intuitively, and now it took him three hours to get through a single lesson. You know, and we suddenly just <laughs> saw... You'd ask him to go get the car keys. Mm -hmm. And then 45 minutes later, I'd say, um, son, son, ma'am, um, where are the car keys? Oh, 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 car keys, car keys. Uh, is that what that was? Where are they? Honey, they're on the microwave where they've been since before you were born. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll go look again. You it's know, like the, the shades are up, but there's nobody home. And it was like, whatever happened to our precocious, compliant, uh, super smart young man? He suddenly, it was like he was a different creature. And we had, we really, I think we kind of muddled through with him. We really did. But it was like after, when the third one hit it. The third boy hit, we said, wait a minute, there is a pattern here. I've seen this before. We've seen this before, and we started to dig more into, well, what are we seeing? And realize, you know what, this is a period of thing, and this is something that we need to talk about, because lots of families aren't blessed with a bunch of kids to figure it out. You and know? so we started looking at the research, what's going on in their bodies and brains, and then how do we apply the Word of God to what we know about what's going on, so that we can get through this time period discipling them and pointing them to Christ so and what did you having a relationship. So what in the Word of God that pointed to teenagers? You know, the, thing, the passage that we keep coming back to is in 1 Corinthians 13, when the Apostle Paul says, When I was a child, I thought as a child, I spoke as a child, I reasoned as a child, and when I became a man, I put away childish things. And what we saw there was not... You know, I, was, I thought and reasoned and spoke as a child, and then I became an adolescent teenager, and they put us in the back of the synagogue so we didn't get in people's way. We had a teen rabbi that took care of, you know. It, it, they don't have this holding pattern in Scripture. We see there's childhood, there's adulthood. Youth is in Scripture. But when you see youth referenced, you also see things like, uh, Goliath was a warrior from his youth. He was in the army. You see... You see uh, Solomon praying, Lord, I am just a little child. I can't understand this. He was already, he was already king. Okay? You see things like, um, you, you see a transitional period there, which is referred to as youth. And sometimes young youth is just a little bit out of childhood, and older youth is practically independent adulthood. And we realize that's what those teen years are for our kids. We've got to be making a transition from you're one of the kids to we consider you now a young adult who still needs a lot of training and mentorship before we turn you loose. Yeah. The, our parenting has to transition from the way that we parent a seven-year-old. You can't parent a 17-year-old the same way you parent a seven-year-old. That we need to be preparing them for Christian adulthood. And the way we do that is it, it has to become a time of discipline instead of do what I say because I said so, which is totally appropriate at seven. Starting in the preteens, it has to become, sit down, let's talk about this. Tell me what you're thinking. And invest in the relationship. Listen to them. Hear them out. Because the Word of God tells us that, that we should be slow to speak, right? And we should listen first. And, and then taking them to the Word of God. And saying, well, I hear what you're saying and I understand why you're upset. But the Word of God says... And we have to be subject to the Word of God, even when it's hard, even when it, it, it doesn't give you that initial reward that you want. We have to do what it says because God, God created us. 
And when we do it that way, we found our kids are a lot more willing to listen. Because if I go straight to discipline with an 11-year-old, I say, son. Ma'am. Don't you, you need to you need to not do that. You were speaking disrespectfully to me. And well, so it's true. You're not going to go to the to the church fellowship well, tonight. Well, it's true. You can't handle the truth. That's what that's the problem. And I, I didn't want to go anyway. I don't have any friends. Well, I'm going to take that's away your iPad. Well, you said I get too much screen time anyway. That was going to help. You're grounded for a week. I don't care. Ground me for a month. You take away my screen time. That's all my friends are are online, and, I, and that's different. You're grounded for two months. I don't ground me until I'm an adult. I don't care. You see, they're irrational. You know. You can't, and if we go you know. straight to discipline, they're irrational. It doesn't work. But instead, when we say, hey, sit down, let's talk, and we invest in the relationship first, we coach them, we explain, and then we speak the truth in love. We've had kids at that point say, when I say, I'm sorry, son, I'm going to have to punish you because you were disrespectful. We've had the child say, you know, you're right, Mom. What do we need to do? Totally different. But that's not, it's not automatic for parents. You well, know? And, and, you know, the disrespect thing, that. That's a common trait with teenagers, and a lot of times I found that what I had to do was like take a breath. I'm not going to react and say, "All right, son, let's talk for a minute." The way that you spoke to me came across very disrespectfully. Okay, now if you have to challenge an authority, a boss, a professor, the pastor, whatever, there are ways to bring up a challenge and to ask an, an awkward question. Let's talk about how you want to. Is that what you were trying to do? Because if you're just trying to, do, to show disrespect, we're going to deal with that. But I want you to understand how to do this because one day you're going to need to raise a question with somebody who doesn't love you as much as I do. And he may fire you that afternoon if you come across the wrong way. So I want to make sure that you have the skills to communicate as a grown man one day. You know, And, and that's when you're moving into that coaching relationship. That's one of the things I'm looking forward to when they're 18, 20, 22, for them being adults and stand on their own and make discerning choices but they're not going to know how to discern if we haven't given them practice if we haven't coached them if we haven't come alongside of them and say well this is how you take principles out of the word of god and apply them in the 21st century and that's something that you don't do on their 18th birthday we have five adult children by the way i understand and interestingly when one of the first interviews i did many probably 15 20 years ago a long time ago um, when I first started doing this kind of interview was with a couple of young men, and I wish I could name, they were twins. They wrote a book. It was phenomenally popular. It was called Do Hard Things. I yes. remember that book. Mm -hmm. and, and their precept was along the lines of what you were talking about. They had come upon it themselves that in order to... You know, just because you're 12 or you're 13 years old doesn't mean that you go, you know, not do something adult. I mean, and when you, when I was, I was sitting there thinking about, you know, when David took on Goliath, he was a kid. I mean, he okay. was just a kid. And, and, and certainly when Mary had Jesus. Yes. I mean. She wasn't in her 30s. Right. You know. She, she, she was young, young, young. You know, this, she was at the age my granddaughter is like, you're like, what the heck? You know, that's. And so they, they were doing really hard things, and obviously God equipped them to do harder things than we are requiring of, you know, and I, you know, it's just a, an overall thought about what you guys are doing. Unfortunately, you guys are really good, so you guys ought to, like, take your act on the road. Oh, you already did. You're Actually, in. that's where we're here. <laughs> the book is no longer little. Hal and Melanie Young, you can get it on 
you can get it on Amazon or at bookstores or at RaisingRealMen.com. So once you get it, by all means, get it on Amazon and go back and rate it and tell them what you think of it. Give them some feedback. Um, what a courageous thing you guys are doing, putting yourself out there, uh, helping raise kids. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Thank Robbie. you.